0: Casey, last year, thanks to the hard work of supporters, volunteers, and donors, more than half the states introduced aid in dying legislation, and 38 million citizens in California now have access to medical aid in dying, or what is referred to as death with dignity.
1: Let's listen to a short clip with Chief Program Officer Kim Callanan and Barbara Combs Lee, President of Compassion and Choices, the organization behind the passage of the law. 2015 was a record-breaking year for Compassion and Choices we had some remarkable accomplishments. In California, we saw the passage of medical aid in dying, making California the fifth state in the nation. We've had opportunities. We have seen momentum build in states across the country. After so many years of trying, we were successful at passing the California law because we had extremely active and committed volunteers who wouldn't be stopped until this legislation was passed.
0: As you can imagine, many people don't seem to understand the law and what it really means. Here with us is frequent Nurse Talk guest Tony Braddis, California campaign director of Compassion and Choices. Tony, great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: So, Tony, quickly tell us what Compassion and Choices is. Uh,
0: Compassion
2: Compassion and Choices is the fastest growing, largest national organization working on not just aid in dying, which is a core issue for us, but other issues around end-of-life care and making sure health care consumers can make the choices that work for them and their families at the end of life.
0: Excellent. I love that. Yeah, so the End-of-Life Option Act takes effect this year, so do you mind briefly describing the law?
2: Sure. Uh, the law, it's, it's very similar to Oregon's Death with Dignity Act. Uh, but this law simply allows uh, adults who are um, faced with a terminal illness and a prognosis of less than six months, as confirmed both by their own doctor and a consulting doctor, um, the law allows them to request and receive a prescription for medication that they can take um, to, uh, and to avoid pain and unbearable suffering at the end of life and advance the time of their death. That's really it. It's pretty simple. It's an option you can talk to your doctor about, but certainly not something that will work for everyone, uh, but really helpful for people who need it.
1: So, Tony, let's uh, talk about a few myths. Um, One I heard from my 90-year-old stepmother. Uh, She had just turned 90 in September, and at the beginning of the year, she said to me, oh, good, Casey, now I want that pill that I can take (laughs) that will kill me. And I said, well, Margie, Mm -hmm no, you don't have a terminal illness. And she goes, yes, I do. And I said, you you don't. I said, what, what's your terminal illness? And she goes, well, I have diabetes. I have heart disease. I am 90, and I'm tired of being here. And I said, well, Margie, honey, it doesn't work that way. This is for people who have a terminal illness and you don't have it. And she right. goes, well, the governor just passed that law, and I should qualify.
2: Oh, well... Um I guess there is an argument that life itself is a terminal illness, but (laughs) I think for purposes of the law, um, you're absolutely right. This is for uh, people who are facing an illness that that illness is, is we, we know the illness is the thing that's going to kill them. Uh, and um, it's really only not even, just because you get diagnosed with an illness that may become terminal down the line, um, you can't access the law unless you have an actual prognosis, which is the doctor saying, look, your illness has progressed to the stage that we think you only have about six months left to live. That's a A common line uh, in end-of-life care because that's the point at which doctors typically refer people to hospice and so that's the point at which you might be considering what how is this going to go and do I need access to medication which I should also remark, it's not just uh, a pill. Right. It's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit more medication than that and has to be prepared and mixed with juice.
1: And yeah. what's interesting, I, I just have to say, because I'm in hospice now, and so this makes it a little complicated for us in hospice because we're all about, you know, for years being in hospice, I would show up at people's homes only to have them say, okay, so um, I think I'm going to be ready in a couple of weeks for you to kill me thinking that that's what we did. And, you know, we've done a lot of education in hospice around that's not what we do. We don't hasten death. We're here right. to support you through that transition and to make that transition as painless as possible. Um, so this it makes it a little complicated for those of us in this business. Not that I'm against it by any means. I am. But uh, we do need to do a lot of education with people.
2: Yes. And, in fact, Compassionate Choices has, launched an access campaign in California that's bilingual, and the idea is we know we need to educate people about this law. Um, we know we need to work with hospice and with doctors and medical providers to talk about how do we talk to patients about the law for many folks who are, are at that point when they're going into hospice. Um, part of what the medication can do is just give them some sense of security to know that, okay, if things get really bad in my illness, this option is uh, available, and uh, hospice isn't here to help me take the medication, but to help me, I mean, the whole idea is how do we keep people as comfortable as possible and remove as much fear and uncertainty as possible around the end of life so that they can have um, as much quality time for as long as absolutely possible. And I think even though this medication um, can advance the, the, the time of death, the goal is really to help people live as fully as possible for as long as possible at the end of life.
0: And, Tony, what other states have passed similar legislation?
2: Well, currently, um, medical aid in dying is authorized uh, in Oregon, as we know, also in Washington state. Uh, that both of those by ballot measure uh, the people wanted that option in Vermont we passed legislation a couple of years ago that is already in effect um, and Montana has a court decision that uh, authorizes and allows medical aid dying. Um, and of course as you mentioned earlier there are pending uh, litigation and pending legislation all across the country at this point
0: yeah and, and you know a, a lot of people end up doing this whether we help them or not, right, and, it's and they do that it the hard way. Yeah, and it's something that we don't talk about. So,
1: and yeah. it is. I really support this. Where can people get the facts about the law and what your organization is doing to educate people? Well, so one
2: of the things that I would advise people, uh, particularly who are facing uh, facing these d- decisions and choices right now, because the law isn't actually into hasn't actually gone into effect yet. We don't expect it to go into effect until summer, but people can begin to have these conversations with their doctors. Um, Doctors, of course, are going through their own learning curve and medical providers in general, but we do think, you know, let's start talking about it. Uh, For people in situations that there is a little more urgency um, and and who need information, they can call our 800 number, which is 800-247-7421, and we have counselors who are trained to uh, talk with people about their individual situations because as we know this isn't this isn't an option that a lot of people use but it is an option that a lot of people explore and want to know is available to them if they need it so um, we encourage people to get more information and to have those conversations because as you said even the uh, doctors nurses hospice workers medical providers care providers in general, are also learning about how this is going to work in California. So it's a little bit of a, a process um, as we implement the law that Compassionate Choices is, will continue to be working on, and we, we are training volunteers in different communities to also provide uh, support and education to people. So there will be a lot more information over the coming months, especially around the time when we do get the law enacted. I mean, it is enacted. I mean, as soon as we get an effective date.
1: And you are estimating the effective date will be sometime in the summer? Um, We're really working on that, and we expect
2: the effective date to be sometime in summer.
0: Great. Well, really super important work. We really appreciate what you're doing for everyone out there. And uh, we'll check back uh, this summer after the law is closer to going into effect and see what issues arise around it. We've been talking with Tony Broadus, Campaign Director for Compassion and Care in California. For more information about this and other related topics, visit compassionandcare.org.
1: Always a pleasure, Tony. Thank you so much for being with us.
2: Thank you. I will say it's CompassionandChoices.org. Oh, okay, you for that's you. right. Compassion
0: and Choices. Compassionate Choices. Thank Sorry you. about that. You're listening to Nurse Talk and Progressive Voices. Tune in and all of our broadcast partners.